Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ducks versus Huskies 2.0 is set. Oregon State loses its coach and probably a lot more. Blazers blow a 26-point lead against Damian Lillard and the Bucks. Welcome to the Oregonian Sports Podcast. I'm Aaron Finches of the Oregonian and Oregon Live, along with my homie, Coin Six is Brennan Green. You qualified the homie status now, just so you know. Hey! Anyway. <laughs> 15 podcasts later, or whatever it's been. Anyway, so before we get started, more than that. I think it's going to be a bit more than that. Uh, anyway, before we get started on this jam-packed show, we have so much to talk about. Please remember that you can join our subtext campaign. Text 503-386-0095, and you can re- receive text directly to you with sports inside information from myself, James Crepia, Nick Daschle, Bill Orm, and others. And then you can communicate back, back with us. You can tell me my takes suck, and I'll respond and tell you they don't and tell you why and own you in real time. Anyway, again, 503, <laughs> 386-0095. You'll receive a link. Click it. 14-day trial. After that, it's $3.99 a month. That's nothing. That's chump change to listen to a bunch of chumps. Text at you. Anyway, so Brenna, how was your weekend? You were at the civil, the civil whatever we call it. On Friday. <laughs> <laughs> First and, of all, uh, I just want to say that texting service was was created for you, um, wasn't it? We love. Uh, there's nothing Aaron Fetris loves more than to mix it up with a completely random person. <laughs> the more random, the better. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, I was down in Eugene uh, this weekend. It was uh, first of all, holy smokes. I am so happy that next year Oregon and UW play on Saturday and not Friday because getting to Eugene took me three and a half hours. Oh, what time did you leave? 11.45. Yikes. Yeah. Um, We... Be, yeah, and a bad. lot of it was because of our fine friends at Woodburn. Um, that mm-hmm. took a while. So you add in that, and then you just add in normal traffic for this game, and it was a disaster. I know people who left at uh, who left at twelve fifteen. They didn't get there till four fifteen. Yikes! Yeah. So rough sitch. Um, yeah, that's not good. Yeah. So. Uh, so it's already so a long anyways, day before you got there. That's a that's the first takeaway <laughs> before we even get to kickoff is. Thank you, Jesus. Next year, they don't play on a Friday. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, it was, I mean, a demolishing. I think both you and I said it was going to be closer, but I'm also not surprised that it was like this. I mean, I was down on the sideline after the Oregon State UW game, and somebody pointed out to me, hey, uh, we just lost in a heartbreaker, and Oregon got to sit their starters for a half. This isn't good. <laughs> And right. I was like, "Yeah, that's a that's a good that's a good point right there. That uh that isn't great." So, yeah, it's uh it was it was a demolishing. Oregon certainly came out motivated. Did you watch the uh, cinematic recap video? I did not. Well, I saw the very beginning where they showed how they had the video from last year's game playing throughout the yeah. facility, so they could all relive the horror of that. Yeah, I saw that part. I didn't watch the whole thing. Yeah, uh, I guess they they really used uh, or Oregon State put up like a billboard that said like one in the trenches or something like that, and um, they posted the that billboard just all around the facility. I guess last week <laughs> um, there was a video of, and who knows, it could have been a situation where the coaches told all the defensive linemen to change their screen to that billboard but one of the defensive linemen brandon dorless who is you know the main defensive lineman changed his ipad's lock screen to have a picture of that billboard all week mm. um you know there was after the game casey rogers went to a camera and said 53 yards rushing trenches <laughs> <laughs> so that was certainly used um i just i always love how like to the media, they try to, you know, make every game, you know, every game the is the same. Super Bowl, every game's the same, blah, yeah. blah, blah, yeah. Liars. Okay. These <laughs> that, that is that is that is what this cinematic recap video exposed to me. Liars. Um <laughs> so yeah, anyways, it was uh so I I can't I I wonder what the motivation around the facility is gonna be this week. Can't mm. wait to find out after the game um <laughs> yeah it, yeah, yeah we, I, I had 33.7 i think you had something similar right 34 Very 28 similar, or something yeah. Like that. yeah uh i i did wonder if oregon state would be impacted by all the talk about jonathan smith and, and the fact that their tactical title hopes were pretty much over with um i think the, well, they were over with um they were, i don't think yeah. that was necessarily the case i just think that no. they were just completely outclassed and it was clear after two possessions each that Oregon State looked overwhelmed, but they answered with that touchdown drive. They made it 14-7, right? You're thinking, yep. okay, 14-7, I'm about to go in the half. 14, 40 seconds later, <laughs> Bo Nix is rolling right after the left defensive end. I can't remember who it was. Lost contain. I've coached football, and there's nothing that drives me nuts than an outside pass rusher loses contain unless the quarterback gets outside the pocket because then it's just anything can happen. And he made a great throw, rolling to his right, throwing back across the field to Franklin. Now he's in space with one guy, jukes him, scores a touchdown. And that was that was a backbreaker. It was like to, to me, it was pretty much over at that point because I just did not feel like Oregon State was going to be able to respond to that. They had a chance, kind of, sort of, for a minute, but it was just clear that Oregon was just just way better. And DJ, you know, he, he's a good quarterback, but he has some flaws, and or Oregon exposed him. So you know, the better team won, and the better team won by a lot. And uh, I should have gone with Joey Harrington's experience, uh, prediction, which was 33, I think 33-13. He, he thought it was going to be kind of a, a beat down a little bit. So, yeah, hey, they looked good, man. Oregon, Oregon is rolling, and we're going to talk a lot about that 
matchup that everyone has been waiting for next week. But first, now that we've touched on the game for as much as we really need to. Woo. I, I just wanted to say one thing. Sure. When 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 they threw that touchdown and there was 54 seconds left, I literally thought to myself, oh, that's too much time for Bo Nix. It's like four plays later, there we go. <laughs> like, yeah. So that was that, that was the encapsulation of the game. I was I was kind of like I remember looking at the scoreboard when it was 14-7 and thinking to myself, man, that really doesn't feel like what this game has been at all. Like right. Oregon feels like they have been just dominating this. This is mm-hmm. weird that it's within a touchdown. Like my so, brain, this doesn't set right with my brain. And then it was like, ah, oh, yes, okay, here we are. So one of the reasons why it was like that is because one of Oregon's drives was almost 10 minutes. Yeah. They they, they so, pulled an Oregon State on Oregon State. Oregon State did that last week. Right. So like each Two team only had three possessions, I think, when it was 14-7. So – in three possessions, Oregon's dominating, but it's only three possessions each. So you can you, the, wor- the worst it could be is twenty one zero, but Oregon missed the field goal, right? Oregon missed the field goal, yes. and, and then yeah. So yeah, so when you have those long drives, it, you're like, man, it feels like they're really dominating, but they're only up fourteen seven. But the fact, yeah, that, just the fact that they went right down there like that, boom, 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 was just like, okay, this is over. And what else is over? You know, <laughs> I tweeted that night that it was really sad what's about to happen to the Oregon State football program. Uh, mm-hmm. because Jonathan Smith did a great job rebuilding that thing. And it's it's just sad that th- this is a good program with great facilities. They just redid the, the stadium. Even the logo's growing on me after years. <laughs> when they redid the logo, I didn't like it at first. But it's growing on me. And the fact that they don't have a home. The, the, t- to me, all of the NCAA should have said, okay, someone has to take Oregon State and Washington State. We're not going to leave one of our Power Five or two of our Power Five conferences out in the cold. Someone has to. Someone has to take them, whether it's the Big Twelve or, or whomever. It just has to take them. And it's disappointing to me that those types of things aren't done. Maybe it's maybe I'm Pollyanna. I don't care. I just feel like there's, there's a right thing to do and a wrong thing to do. And leaving them out in the cold is wrong. Cold is wrong. But when you do that, you put the coach in a situation where, you know, why is he going to stay? There, there's no reason for him to stay. And people are criticizing Jonathan Smith for this, saying, "Oh, it's the wrong time." No, it's the perfect time for him to leave. This is exactly when you leave, when you're on a sinking ship and the ship is sinking. And so he's doing what's best for him. His career comes first. Everyone should understand that. That's how it works. And I don't blame him at all. I don't know what he's going to do at Michigan State. I don't know if, you know, how good they're going to be to me, three, four years down the road, they're going to be like, and eh, this isn't working out and, and move on from him anyway. He might end up back at Oregon State. Who knows? We'll see. But he just had to do it and it's going to get worse. They're going to lose they, what four or five coaches are going with them, I think. Um, they're mm-hmm. probably going to lose other coaches and, right then players, and then players are going to get picked off. You know, if I'm him, the first thing I do is I look at my death chart at Michigan state. I identify obvious holes and say, Hmm, who would Oregon state can fill those holes right now. And I go and I try and get them to come to Michigan state. And so I would be shocked if he doesn't do that, but guys are going to be looking to leave anyway, because they don't have a home yet. Now, if something miraculous happens and things get turned around, who knows, but as of right now, why would anyone stay if you're if you're able to play at a power five school, why would you stay at Oregon State? And so it's just I, I just think it's gonna get really, really bad here in the next month or so. Yeah. Um Jonathan Smith really riled up both the fan base and the players last night uh when he came out and said to the Michigan media that this had basically been decided for a long time in his head. And that um, he he also mentioned talking to the AD, which he had 
said in previous press conferences that it was all his agent doing the talking. He's like, yeah, the vision, the 80s vision kept growing on me, blah, 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 every time we talked. It's like, okay, well, all right. Like, and, you know, let's be real. None of this is super surprising. By the way, I think the players have every right to be upset over this. I totally understand it. I totally get it. Okay. I, if I were a player and I were in their position and I heard my head coach say, yeah, I pretty much had this decided for a long time. I'd be like, what did you have it decided when you decided you were going to go for a field goal at Arizona from, you know, however many yards do a fake (laughs) field goal at Arizona from how many yards out was your brain already in East Lansing. Like that's where my mind immediately went because I remember when that play (laughs) happened, I was like, this is just so bizarre. This is so bizarre. Like something like this decision-making process is so bizarre. And now it's like, Hmm, wonder if he was talking. wonder if they started talking that week. Um, so that's why he went for it. No, but I'm just saying, like, he's just, yeah, he just was distracted. I mean, he full on admitted in the press conference afterwards. I guess I just didn't realize how far away it was. Like, what? How? Um, (laughs) I'm still upset about that decision. I am still upset. That is one of the most boneheaded decisions I've ever seen a coach make in my life. And I will just never, ever like. Forgive isn't the right word. But <laughs> it was pretty bad. It was pre- it was pretty awful. Like, and you know it's bad when I, I mean Jonathan Smith's a pretty stand up guy, and he's not somebody who's going to battle back and forth with the media sort of thing. But I mean, when he comes out in his post game press conference, he's like, "Yeah, that was bad." You're like, "Okay," like, <laughs> like he even knows there was no defense for it. Anywho, no. um, but you know, I think the thing about Smith is that. Yeah, okay. Everybody knows he's going to come out and he's going to say he he went from, you know, this is what every coach does. Every coach says, oh, you know, they aren't going to come out and say, yeah, we've talked a bunch. I'm really interested. Like, you know, that's going to throw off your program. That's going to throw off the rest of your season. So he, you know, did the ever classic, my agent, my agent, you know, whatever. That's fine. Um, and yeah, in reality... Um, yeah, he's had this decided for a while. Like, that's pretty obvious to me. However, uh, Smith is just, yeah, he kind of just said the quiet part out loud, you know? Okay. That's how I felt about it. But like I said, I don't blame the players for being upset. They have every right to be upset about that. Okay. Um, I hear what you're saying and I don't disagree. However, the... The problem is people keep coming at these things from a weird position that I don't quite understand because it's like they're not paying attention <laughs> to the world of college football. Mm-hmm. So Willie Tacker did the exact same thing. He said, I have not talked to Florida State. And so well, let, me, let me go back to Chip. At the Fiesta Bowl press conference, the main one, I asked Chip Kelly about coaching rumors with the NFL. Specifically... I think Cleveland and Cleveland and Philly were sort of like the, the two teams. And the previous year he had accepted Tampa, then reversed on that. And he said he hadn't talked to anyone. Um and it, it, but it was obvious that his agent was. So he was playing that game. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking to anyone. Plausible deniability. But we all knew his agent clearly was. Yes. Right. But he was focused on the game. 
And, of course, he left. Willie Taggart did the same thing. I haven't talked to Florida State, but his agent had been talking to Florida State. And then after he yep. got the job, right, he admit so he he went to meet with with Florida State after he had said he hadn't talked to him. So he was telling the truth at that point, allegedly. But then after he got the job, he said he had talked to Florida State the previous Thursday or something like that, which was before he had said to the Oregon media that he hadn't talked to Florida State. So Mario, same exact situation. This is not on any of these individuals' character or personality or anything. It's the playbook. You don't you don't talk about looking at another job until that's finalized, because if that falls through, you don't want to look. You want it to look like you were looking at another job and about to leave, but oh no, now you stayed. Mario played that game to perfection in 2018 and had Duck fans absolutely fooled that Miami had been interested in him and he turned them down. When Miami never offered him the job, he contacted Miami and they said, no, thank you. And it was amazing to me because it was like, why would Miami want Mario at that point? He was head coach by default because Taggart had left. I think they uh-huh. were seven and four. He got blown out in the, in the bowl game against Boise the pre, end of the previous season with Herbert healthy. There was no reason for Miami to want him. But when it all fell through and the media asked him about it, he's like, I'm a duck. We want to be here. This is where we want to stay. And Duck fans thought he had turned down the Miami job. So even years later when I was saying no, he never was offered the job. There were fans telling me I was an idiot and a fool didn't know what I was talking about. But I had on very good authority what exactly had happened. But people fell for it because that's what coaches want. They want their current fan base to love them unconditionally. So they're not going to let you know they're looking at something until it's over with. So that's just the play. That's just how it works. Joey Harrington will talk about, you know, what Nick Saban did when he said, there's no way I'm going to Alabama. But I think he was coaching at Miami. And then he went to Alabama. Yep. Like, that's just what people do. Now, Jonathan Smith is in a different situation than all of them to, for me because he was coaching a program that was dead in the water mm-hmm. because it had no conference. And so there was no way this guy wasn't already looking for other jobs. There's just no way. If I don't even know if... If the Pac-12 were still here, he still might have kind of looked at it, but I think he probably would have stayed because he had something rolling here. He was in a Power 5 conference, and he was winning 10 games. Why would you leave for Michigan State and deal with Ohio State and Michigan and all those teams when you were, you know, got to rebuild that program? You've already done it here. So I, I could see him staying in that situation. But when the conference was, de- was dead and he was on one of the last two teams standing, why would he stay? There's no reason for him to stay. And so the players can be mad all they want that he's leaving, but the players need to be looking for an escape hatch as well because – Oregon State is. What's their schedule going to be next year? I mean, what yep. what's it going to look like? And you know, it's just it's just a really bad situation. So I don't blame Jonathan Smith at all. You get out while they're getting as good. And the last thing I'll say about this is that all these fans who complain about coaches leaving and blah 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 will be the first people to say fire that mofo if they start losing. <laughs> so you can't have it one way. You can't have it. Be loyal. Be loyal to. We don't want you. We want to fire you but then cry when they leave and take a better job for more money. So Jonathan Smith, good for you. You did a great job at Oregon State. You deserve to make the next step up. Michigan State, I guess, is the next step up for you. However, my prediction is it's not going to grow great at Michigan State. I think he'll do okay, not great. Eventually, they'll get tired of him. He'll be back on the market, and maybe if Oregon State has a home, he comes back to Oregon State. (laughs) We love us some buyout money. We love us some buyout money. How much Um, is Oregon State getting? I don't know. That's a good question. I'm not sure about that. 
I'm just saying, I'm just saying whatever Jonathan gets paid for if, if it doesn't work out at Michigan State. Um, oh, right. Yeah, exactly. Right. I, saw, I saw some numbers today. Dana Holgerson is getting paid nearly $15 million in buyout money at Houston. Houston. It's wild. Oh, my God. It's wild. Uh, I want to be a college football coach so I can just fail. I know it's deeper than yeah. that. But <laughs> exactly. Man, failing sounds pretty sick. Like, <laughs> well, it's, it, and, and, look, and look at that part of it in the equation I'm talking about where it's a business. Yep. Programs okay. are willing to give people tens of millions of dollars to go away. Yep. There's so much money involved in this. I mean, even even Helfrich, Helfrich's got like, I think ten million to walk, and Oregon was pissed because he didn't take another job to offset some. They thought he'd take another job and it'll offset. And Helfrich was so distraught about getting fired that he just shut down and didn't do anything until he got. I think he took the Bears OC job a few years later, and that was only like maybe five hundred k or whatever. Um, he had already settled the buyout, so he didn't have to, I don't think he had to pay them back from that. Is my understanding, but you know, Oregon paid a lot of money to to, to move on from him. Uh, Florida State obviously bought out Tagger, gave him a lot of money, had to pay him, I think, $18 million when they fired him. And that's all chump change now compared to what's going on in other parts that of the country. Am. So, yeah, the A&M thing is just that, – that, 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 that was egregious. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for Texas A&M program. You, you, got, you got worked. Hoodwinked. <laughs> let's just put it, let's put it out there he took you for a hundred million dollars and coached four years that's amazing we'll always have his little spat with nick saban though that was lovely yeah, um, <laughs> that's worth it that was worth it for me as an out not as a fan <laughs> that was great. ridiculous but yeah i mean Yeah, it's hard. I <sighs> It's 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 like it's one of those situations where I can understand everyone's point of view. Like I said, Jonathan Smith said the quiet part out loud. He said the quiet part out loud, and that's where he ultimately went wrong because that is going to fire everyone up. And uh it's that's just not going to that's not going to work out for him well with this with this fanboy fan base so why i mean everybody's pretty upset online what do they want from the guy fielding fielding all the comments um, what do they want from him they're, they're upset because everything's falling apart and they're looking for someone to blame and they're blaming the one guy they shouldn't blame he's supposed to detonate his career for oregon state no i agree with you i think ultimately it makes sense that he's leaving and you know if he would have stuck around guess what <laughs> It would have been an absolute portal fest over there. So of course, even if he stays, it's going to be a portal fest. Exactly. Yeah. So I understand him leaving. I just the comment of him saying this has been decided for a long time. That is that is rough because it definitely makes everybody feel like you weren't putting your all into the season that you were in. When you asked mm. everybody on your team, I need four months of concentration from you. But I, I understand. I, I, I see the look on your face. I see the look on your face. Approaching <laughs> higher stuff goes fast. This stuff goes quickly. And we all know that. So I, but you know, I just don't believe he didn't put his heart into coaching because he knew he was probably going to leave. Like, I, I don't know if I buy that. 
Yeah. I, I mean, it's not like they went out there and they they're getting smoked by several teams. They lost, you know, three games by eight points, and then you know, Oregon was just way better. So I don't know. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um. So now Oregon State needs a new head coach. <laughs> yeah. Do you have Do you have any thoughts on on someone no who you clue. think would be good? Not a clue. Yeah, there's there's a lot of people out there that could be good, but like who you know. Who is going to make that move from the job they have now when there's so much uncertainty? You know, it, it, it would, to me, you'd have to hire someone who's making an obvious leap up to, a, to an uncertain situation. Um, you know, like the Oregonians, Nick Daschle made up a list of uh, 20 names and like Jeff Tedford's on there. Okay. So why is Jeff Tedford leaving no. Fresno? He's at Fresno, right? Yes, he's at Fresno, yes. <laughs> You know, what, to come to Oregon State. Oh, Oregon State's a move up. What is it? I mean, is it a move up right now? I, I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, you know. If they, we're they looking at Mountain have... West coaches, the one that makes the most sense to me would be Brett Brennan at San Jose State. Yeah. Because that's, yeah. that's a program that, let's be frank, doesn't have much of a fan base. The facilities at OSU are uh, markedly better. And you're just going to have, even with the situation, you're going to have more support. Right. Um, that's, so that, that's, that's a great example of someone who, even with Oregon State situation, it's a step up from San Jose State. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think that that one is the one that makes the most sense. Sorry, I was going to look up something about Brett Brennan, and now we're on a YouTube channel. Might be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I believe... I, I want to make sure I'm not speaking out of turn here, but um, wasn't he on staff at OSU at some point? Let's see here. Former Oregon State wide receivers coach, Brett Brennan. There you go. So you there's, ties. there's a tie. You, ties. you know, I think that that would make a lot of sense to me. Uh, Trent Bray has been thrown around a lot. The DC, he was not on the flight to East Lansing. Um, so may, uh, that would make a lot of sense to me as well. However, that's where I would go. If he's, if he wants a job, that's where I go. If he wants the job, that's where I agreed. Right. If he wants a job, that's where I would go. Now, is it a better opportunity being a DC in the big 10 at Michigan state? Or is it a better opportunity being the head coach at Oregon state? That's actually kind of a tough answer for me right now with their situation. Um, I would, I would take the head coaching position because it's a head coaching position. Yeah. It's going to pay more, and you are not going to be held to some ridiculous standard out the gate because because of all the uncertainty. So you're going to get time to sort of reload and rebuild the thing and lead it into whatever the next era looks like. So there's going to be some security there. Um, and if you do have success, it's going to lead to other opportunities. But I would I would take the Oregon State job. I mean, worst case scenario right now, they're going to end up in a revamped pack, right? Or in the Mountain West. That's sort of the thing right now. Yeah, I mean, I think... Or independent for a while. Yeah, so they would end up... I, I mean, first of all, what's good news is I think the court... Well, see, here's the deal. Quote, unquote, good news. I don't know. Um... <laughs> The Supreme Court date, um, the Washington Supreme Court date 
is i believe once again this is another one of those things where i'm like i think i know this date but i just need to make sure um i believe is december 4th so that is coming now here's the deal you know like this could be a situation where this just keeps getting challenged and challenged mm-hmm. uh you know you dub's lawyer said because it involved multiple states it needed to be at the supreme court wouldn't that be wouldn't that be wild i don't think that's gonna happen um yes supreme court the clarity will come by december 4th there you go see i need to not i i I need to just go with it last two things i've had to you know look up i'm like okay all right yes you're right um it's like i do this for a living but i never want to be wrong um so yeah i mean that's that's going to be coming soon um in that situation it sounds like what they would do for the next few seasons is kind of have like a scheduling alliance with the mountain west um and ultimately i think what would end up happening is that they would kind of end up folding together um you call it the pack west <laughs> the pack west 12 or something like that oh gosh um so i i think I hate, that's ultimately what's going to end up happening and then you know the very interesting thing is is what's going to happen with this vote with the cfp and you know who's able to get an automatic bid and all that sort of stuff because guess who's voting on the pack 12 for the pack 12 do you who? know who uh uh-uh. barnes uh no but close um kirk schultz the president of wsu <laughs> oh okay so that's that's another fascinating situation that i can't wait to watch unfold Ooh, i have a question for you go for it does george kliavklaff show his face at the pac-12 championship next week <laughs> this is this is fascinating to me i i i don't think he does i think he does you think he does yes okay if he does i I just say that just because i'm not i don't really have a yeah true Uh, idea i'm just saying i think that would be crazy to just because he has not been to any campuses all year oh yikes yeah he has not he has not shown his face since he he is in hibernation so uh and that that's gonna be fascinating to me I, I can't wait to see what unfolds there that's like an underrated storyline of the pac-12 championship game for me is does george kliafkoff show up yeah <laughs> um anyways yeah i mean those those two those two coaches make sense to me you know i can see where you're coming from with um hey it's a head coaching job take it I wonder money-wise what it would actually look like compared to the Michigan State DC job and the Oregon State head coaching job, just because obviously money is uh, of the essence at OSU right now. Um, well, they're going. They how much were they going to pay Smith? They never. That was never really out he was, there. He was already making six, right? Or five? I, five I'm or not six? sure about it. How much he was making to be? I think he was making five or six. So you know, they can pay two and a half at least. Yeah. So. I would think. All right. Let's hope things work out well for Oregon State, but it's going to be a rough sledding for a little while, obviously. Yeah, and there's going to be a lot of a lot of players in the portal. So, of course. All right, Ducks Huskies. 
Two, the rematch. Las Vegas, Friday night. So much on the line. Let's start with this. Clearly, Oregon has been playing better football than the Huskies since they played at UW. Does that matter going into this game, or is that a, a, a yes. false flag, so to speak? Yes, absolutely matters to you. Absolutely matters to me. Huskies have been playing to the level of their competition every single week since that game. And that eventually is going to bite you. So well, what if they, they might play to the level of the competition this week. They might. And it's another You're great correct. game. <laughs> You're correct. You know, but, but you look but. at the, the common opponents over those, those few weeks and Oregon has handled those opponents compared to what UW has done against them. Right. So it is really interesting though. Like, this UW team beat Oregon. I have never seen a team that lost to another team during the regular season be so, like, heavily favored isn't the right word. Like, almost assumed to be the winner. <laughs> yeah, um, it is It is interesting. And I think it, well, it goes in, along with what you just said, though. I mean, Oregon has been handling the teams that yep. Washington has been struggling with. And – Washington didn't necessarily beat Oregon. They won the game. Yes. Right. Someone, someone was going to win. Someone's going to lose. Time ran out or, you know, Oregon lost. Washington won, but Washington didn't like beat them. No. Oregon was three yards away from winning and has outplayed them ever since. I do think, is the line up to nine or 10? Did it, did it jump up to nine or 10? Because it was seven and a half to start, right? I know Oregon was on the... Uh, was you know obviously the the winning team in terms of the line, but I'm not yeah. sure where the line so is at now. I I feel like it's inflated a little bit. I mean Washington, yes, Washington has not played necessarily great. I'm really disappointed in the, in them against against Washington State. I thought you're at home. It's Washington State. Throttle them. Beat them 49-24. Make a statement. And Washington State had the ball with the game tied with a couple minutes left. Driving to try and steal the game. I'm like, what are you doing, Huskies? Like, seriously? This is this is the best you got. So maybe it maybe it's a situation where they're just trending down, the ducks are trending up, and they're gonna meet and the ducks are gonna whack them. Or maybe it's a situation where Washington's offense comes to play, and if that happens, it's gonna be a shootout, sort of like it was last time. It's gonna be anyone's ball game. But right now, my inclination is the smart money is on the ducks just because they have been elevating and getting better every week since that loss, whereas the Huskies have been just treading water and getting by. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be fascinating. I, right now I would pick the Ducks, but I would not be surprised if the Huskies show up and Penix and those receivers get it going. Yeah, it's – um. I mean, <laughs> we know that we know that this Ducks team is on a mission now. Uh, pronouncing the N as well. Like, it's just, just, it is a mission. Like, so, and they've, they've proven it every single week. It, it will be, um, I, yeah, I just, I'll just I'll keep saying it. I'm just not as impressed with Michael Penix over the last however many weeks. It's just, yeah, he has his moments of brilliance there. and then he has moments of, yeah it's just it's just it's not it's not clicking it's true. and nope. you know like 
if he if they're gonna win, they're gonna need him to click. Cause let me tell you, that Oregon defense <laughs> is gonna be out for blood against him. Oh yeah. They're coming. So, yes. They're coming they, and, and the Oregon's gonna put up points, and so Panix has to keep pace. So yeah, it's I'm picking or I picked Washington to win the pack. I picked Washington to win the, the first meeting. I'm totally leaning Oregon right now. Again, I'm not. I won't be surprised if Oregon, if, if Washington rises to the challenge, it plays to the level of competition, and it's a good game. But right now, everything points to Oregon. It's just, it's overwhelmingly obvious that Oregon right now is, is just playing way better football. But that can change in in one night. Um, okay. Obviously, that game is for a lot. <laughs> Huskies win. They're in the playoffs. No way they won't make it. If Oregon wins, it's going to be interesting. They're going to get in. What? For sure? Yeah, I feel almost. I feel very, very positive about that. (laughs) Okay, so you got the Big Ten champion, the big the SEC champion, and then you got ACC if Florida runs the table. So it'd be between between Texas and Oregon in a one loss Ohio State. So I want I want to point out something that just drives me nuts, Brennan. Just please. It, please. it makes my it makes my head hurt how dumb college football is. So Washington fans have been putting out there, they went 12 and 0. They shouldn't have to beat Oregon a second time. They should be in the playoffs. Now, it's corny to me because you knew what the rules were going in. Right, so to cry about it after the fact is silly. And if situations were reversed and Oregon had won that game, you would definitely want the rematch, and you wouldn't be saying Oregon should be in. They went ran the table, blah blah blah. Right? I can't stand hypocrisy in sports; it drives me bananas. But it's not like they don't have a point. Now, the Pac-12 recently, two years ago, got rid of the divisions. Right? Mm-hmm. If the divisions existed, Oregon wouldn't be in this game. Yep. Right? Right. Washington would have won the North. So Oregon would have been out, which is what happened to the Ducks in 2012 when they lost to Stanford, right, in their division and therefore didn't get – sorry, sorry, never mind. That was before a Pac-12 title game. Sorry. No, no, that was Pac-12. Yeah, that's Pac- yeah the Pac- first Pac-12 title game was 2011. So, yeah, they couldn't be in the Pac-12 title game because – they lost to North, even though they went, they were, they ended up season 11 and one. So if the divisions existed, Oregon would even have a shot at this game. So the only reason why Oregon has a shot at a rematch is because of the change in the rules. Now the big 10 has divisions. So Ohio state loses to Michigan, just like Oregon lost to Washington, but Ohio state doesn't get a second crack at Michigan, but Oregon gets a second crack at Washington completely. It's unfair for everyone. It's unfair. Everything's changing next year in the Big Ten. Thank right. God. No, I know. Well, and, and well, next year everything's changing because you're going to go to 12 team playoffs. So now yeah. we're going to be worried about the nine and three teams getting in, right? So it's going to be completely different. And 12 and one, 11 and one, you're going to be in. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But it's so like when you have different rules for different entities within the same process, you're going to create inequities, and it just my sensibilities just get all twisted up like spaghetti and I just want to scream at whoever comes up with the system. So there's a legitimate argument to be made for Ohio state. Their one loss is to an undefeated Michigan. 
Why why are they penalized for being in the same division as Michigan, whereas Oregon gets another crack at Washington when everyone had Ohio State ranked ahead of Oregon all season, but now Oregon's less Oregon's ahead of Ohio State because Ohio State lost to Michigan, whom everyone had ahead of Oregon anyway? I mean, why did Oregon, Ohio State lose by a touchdown and fall four spots? It's just, the whole thing's just ridiculous to me. So then I asked the question, if Oregon wins, why do they get in over Texas if Texas wins their conference title game? Because their only loss is a 10-2 Oklahoma, and they beat Bama, right? So they have a better win going into this than any of Oregon's wins. So how do you make any sense out of any of it? And what happens, what happens if Bama beats Georgia? If Bama beats Georgia, are you telling me a one-loss Georgia team doesn't get in when their only loss is to Bama? You, you don't think a one-loss Georgia team gets in over Oregon? Two-time defending champions? You're going to keep the two-time defending champions out who haven't lost a game in three years, right? They lose to Bama, and you're going to leave them out for Oregon when they both have one loss because Oregon won its conference and Georgia didn't? That doesn't make any sense. The whole Yeah, it's just... It's just too bad they didn't change this sooner so we could not even have to have this conversation. But it's going to be fascinating to see how it, it all plays out if everything stays, you know, if, if there's – right now, there could, the most there could be is three undefeateds, right? Michigan – no, four undefeateds. If four undefeateds are in, then they're all in. It's not, you know, Georgia, Ohio, or Michigan, Florida State, I'm not a, I'm not a Florida State believer, but continue. Well, I mean, again, they go – I mean, they lost their quarterback, but if they go undefeated, they go undefeated. Um, <clears throat> so I would leave them out even if they went undefeated. Oh, Anyways, what's that? What's I that? would leave them out if they went un- still if they went undefeated. Leave I know that it won't happen. Would? I would put you Ohio would? State in. I would put Ohio State Over in. undefeated. See, yep. Oh, okay. What? I mean, then why wouldn't you put Ohio State in over Oregon? If one loss, Oregon. Well, I would put. I I would say that. <sighs> I, I guess it's a good question, but I just <laughs> I think I think Oregon has has a better like they have way more momentum than Ohio State would, and Ohio State doesn't get another game. Oregon does, and I know that that's annoying, and I totally get where you're coming from. You're right; it is annoying. Do you expect the NCAA to not be annoying? They're always going to be. It's <laughs> like come on, and we all know the NCAA has zero control <sighs> over college football. Right. Um, zero. Uh, I mean, heck, they don't they don't even run their postseason. So um, <laughs> just hilarious. Um, but I, I think that because Oregon has one more game, I would put them over Ohio State in that situation. They, they'd have more wins. Um, but I just yeah, I, I don't find Florida State to be very impressive over the last few weeks. And I if they put them in the college football playoff, undefeated, they undefeated. Get I, they're undefeated, undefeated, though. Nah, it doesn't really doesn't really matter to me. I think the best four really? teams should be in it, and they're I don't think that they're better than Ohio State or Oregon. Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong in that assessment. You're not the problem. The system's the problem because there's no way an undefeated team should be discussed in that manner. But that's college football. But thank God it's going to change next year. All right, so we'll see what happens. It's, it's going to be wild. Wrong year for it to change, by the way. If there ever was a year for it to happen, it'd be this year. Oh, 100%. 100%. Uh, this, the, the parody in college football is actually really good, finally. Finally. I hope it stays that way. Oh, yeah. Lord. 
Okay. Let's end this with uh, some blazer chat. You been paying attention mm-hmm. at all? Or you checked out? You checked out, huh? You no, I paid attention. I watch post game interviews. Checked you checked out. You don't care. No, I pay attention. Care. I saw where that was at in the third quarter yesterday, and then went, "Hmm, haven't seen much much uh, from anybody <sighs> after that." Wonder what happened. Oh, that's what happened. Okay. So them losing at Milwaukee, pretty much kind of a given. The fact that they blew a 26-point lead, you know, pretty, pretty, you know, pretty wild that they did that. It's the biggest blown lead in the season this year. Uh, the thing for me in that game was the first half, they were just on fire from three-point range, 10 of 17, and they were forcing t- some turnovers to get out transition, killing them in the fast break. They scored 65 points, and I'm thinking, can this last? And, of course, it didn't. Second half, three of whatever, 15 for on threes. They're the worst three-point shooting team in the league, although they've been shooting better the last three games, over 40% all three games. Uh, but, you know, Lillard and Giannis got rolling. The three stopped falling for Portland. They went out 14-0 run. They got within 12. Once they got to within 12, I was like, okay, now this is anyone's ball game. And then they just slowly chipped away and won. But, you know, whatever. Them beating Milwaukee would have been a miracle to begin with, so they lost, big deal. But... I guess for me, the most interesting thing was just that Lillard downplayed the meeting at first saying uh, mm-hmm. it wasn't that big a deal, you know, and it would be a bigger deal when he came to Portland, which hundred percent agree, which is one of the reasons why I bagged not going on this trip. The other reason was that it's not like he was facing CJ McCollum and Terry Stotts and Nurkic, yeah. right? The only players on this team he played with are Ant, obviously, for five years. Grant for one, Matisse for half a season. Um, oh my God, I made the list just the other day. Oh, Jabari Walker for one season, and there's one other player for one season. I can't even think of who it was. So it, it's, and he even said this too after they beat Detroit on Friday that the team's pretty much different. So it's not, it, it wasn't going to have that sort of same thing where you're going up against the guys you've been playing with for a long time. Like you just weren't. You were going against we forgot Shaden. Oh, Shaden. Shaden, that's one thing. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Anyway, so yeah, this wasn't a group of guys that he's known for. And Ant wasn't playing. So the one guy he'd known for five years and played yeah. with for five years wasn't even playing in the game. So it was a bunch of guys he played with for one year or less. Uh, even the coach built up two years. It's not like, you know. So, but there's no way that didn't mean anything to him. <laughs> Right. You agree? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was scrolling Instagram today and I saw his, uh, I saw his post game interview and then it like went away. I, I didn't get to watch all of it. I've been trying to find it ever since. You I couldn't find it. it. I couldn't find it. He, there so was he, one. I, he did, he did a post game interview on the broadcast on the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, broadcast. Yeah, on the broadcast. Yeah. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I could not find, you're right. I could not find anything from. I don't think he did it. I don't think he did a formal one because they, they posted Giannis Portis from the locker room and the yep. coach and they never posted his, I kept waiting so I could write something off of it. Um, they never posted it. Yeah. Interesting. So maybe, maybe he just didn't do one. He skipped out. <laughs> he he uh, dropped a 60 in Portland though. What'd you say? He's dropping 60 in Portland. Yeah, that, that post-game locker room in Portland, uh, not going to be big enough for the amount of media that's going to be in on that interview. Oh, yeah. He has to come to the podium. Yeah, he has before to come and to after. Before and after. With CJ, they did it before at the shoot-around. Oh, really? Yeah. They did that one makes before sense. when CJ came. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. How many, how many players have to come to the, how many visiting players have to come to the, uh, home teams post game presser? (laughs) That's right. That's pretty much where you're going to have to have it. Yeah. That's where you're going to have to have it. It's going to be hilarious that there's going to be blazers logos in the background. Um, no, yeah. they can swap those. They can swap. They can swap. Those. Yeah, well, they swap yeah, them. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess you could. Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it seemed like in that brief snippet of the post game interview that I saw that was on the Bucks broadcast that once he got into the game, he definitely realized it meant a little bit more to him than what he was saying. And I, I know I did see the part where he said. Um, he was like, should I go into the visiting locker room and say hi to people? And then he's like, no, nah, I shouldn't right. do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I think, I think it, it was, it was, I think it was weirder for him than what he expected it to be. Um, but we all know the, the weirdness is going to be here January 31st. Uh, that's going to be insane. That's that. Yeah. Oh God. Moda is going to be on fire that night. Um, that's going to be definitely the most <laughs> The most lit you, game of the year by far and away. Were you there for the CJ return? No, I was not. I was not in the market that, yet. That was I, that was amazing when they, when they introduced him. The standing ovation that just lasted forever. Like I literally got chills. It was so amazing seeing how people greeted him. Uh, I don't think it's going to be quite like that when he scored this time. You don't think so? You don't think they're going to be cheering for Dave? I think they will cheer, but I don't think it's going to be as positive as of an experience. Oh, I, no, I think it is. Interesting. I think people are well. Okay, I think people are seeing that Dame Lillard's don't grow on trees, and that when people are built as transcendent and generational, they might be someday, not today, <laughs> because people have seen up close that Scoot Henderson has a long way to go to come anywhere near being what Dame was, and that all those people who are like, "Move us, trying to move from Dame, we can get Scoot and Scoot and Shaden are going to lead us to contention," and blah 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 blah, and DeAndre Ayton and blah blah, they're four and twelve. Four, yeah, four and twelve, and Scoot's struggling, and he has a lot of work to go to do. And anyone, I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe Blazers fans are more petty than I think. But if anyone blames that guy for for leaving and demanding to go where he wanted to go and make sure he went to a contender, if anyone's blaming him for that, you are just not. It can go back to all the stuff we talked about with the college football thing. You are not paying attention to the business side. You are not understanding human beings, and you are not understanding that. Dane was 100% in the right to want out. Scoot Henry was going to do nothing for him, nothing to help him contend. And the fact that the Blazers were trying to sell the idea that Scoot was going to come in and help the cause is a joke. People in the, in the market, people in the media thought he should be starting next to Dame and they're going to move. Blah, blah, blah. That was joke, 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 joke. He knew right away Scoot was going to do nothing for him and he wanted out and was 100% in the right. And, and then when they tried to say, we're going to try and send you anywhere, nope. He put his foot down. You're going to send me where I want to go. Now, he didn't get to Miami, but Milwaukee was always on his agent's list. He helped engineer that thing to Milwaukee, convinced Dame to accept Milwaukee, and that's where he ended up. He's in a great situation, and the Blazers are scrapping to try and make sure this whole thing works because right now, it's not looking too good. And so if anyone blames Dame for that, then they're just they're just not paying attention. And you're being disloyal to a guy who was loyal to you longer than he should have. Dame should have left three years ago. Should have left three years ago. I was saying it back then. People, you're an idiot. He wants to stay here. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, we'll see. He should be gone now because it's not going to happen. So anyway, I hope Blazers fans come with love. If you don't, you're a fake fan. There, I said it. <laughs> Look at Brennan's face. 
<laughs> Brenda's not sure what to make of that. See, but listen, but listen I just, Brenda, I just, you, okay. But, I just think the situations with CJ and Dame are so different because with CJ, it wasn't, it was just one of those things where everybody knew that, that like, it wasn't that CJ was trying to force his way out. You know what I mean? Right. And because this played on for so long with Damien and the way that him and his agent went about it with saying just Miami, just Miami, really did not sit well with the fan base. And so well, I the think fan base is ridiculous. They did okay. nothing wrong. I don't I don't wrong. I don't think the fan base is ridiculous for being upset that Damon, his agent, only said said he can only go to one team. Because that is what ended up making this play out for as long as it did and what ended up making it be as excruciating as it was for people. Nah, so see, we, we disagree. What, what's, well, the reason why Dame said that, why was the reason why, why did Dame say that? What happened that made Dame say Miami only? Uh, why don't you, why don't you tell me? Your because Cronin said through Woj that he was going to shop him around the entire league. That he was going to look for the best deal possible, regardless. But they had promised Damien at the when he signed his contract that if it didn't work, the rebuild didn't work out, they would send him where he wanted to go. I believe and that came became, out after the Miami no, he, thing. What? What? Well, I believe no. that. No, no, no. It that's was. Why, that's why. That's why they put their foot down. That's why they put their foot down with Miami. It was because Cronin was trying to say that they were going to send him. They were going to open up the negotiations for him. And that's what pissed them off. And that's why Damon said, nah, you're sending me to Miami. And that's where things got ugly starting at that point. Anyway, we can, we can rehash that to the end of time. But at the end of the day, regardless of what happened, let's go back to the coaching thing with Smith. People are upset that Smith is going to Michigan State and leaving the sinking ship. Again, what do you expect him to do? Like, it's, it's a sinking ship. And now let's go back to Damien. They promised Damien for a year and a half they would build around him. I have no problem with Damien asking out. Right. Okay. So if you're asking out, your demands are going to be to go to a contender. And if they told you, we'll send you where you want to go, and then they try not to, you're going to play the hand you have. And if people don't get that, that's what I don't understand. Like, that's the leverage he had. And that's the leverage he played. And so it became a standoff. But at the end of the day, Damien, who had sacrificed years in this market, I mean, they, I mean, look at, look at, look at this. He gave, Cronin became GM by default. It's not like he interviewed for the job and got it. He got it because, no. okay. And so Cronin told him, I'm going to build around you. And he said, okay, I'll trust you. And then Cronin shifted gears on him. Cronin wasted Dame's greatest season ever. And admitted at the end of the season that he could have done a better job adding more veterans and stop trying to play the middle with all these young guys, right? He could have had more veterans, more length, more depth, so that when guys got injured, they could withstand it, but he didn't do that. And then he asked Damon to sit out the last part of the year so they could get a high pick and trade the pick to build around him. So all of the, when you add all that stuff up, the fact that Damien played the hand he had and went hardball on them and did what they did, 100% above board because he was led astray and run amok on with what they promised him. So I, I'm team, I'm team, I'll be team Damien on this the entire time because I, I just, I just think what they did was wrong and it's backfiring in their face right now. It's blowing up in their face. 
because that know, seems a little okay. Okay. Again, they're going to play Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton tonight is a marquee blowing up superstar point guard. Scoot Henderson is so far from that. We saw Donovan Mitchell. Scoot Henderson is so far from that. Scoot Henderson has to be on the level of Halliburton, Donovan Mitchell. They, they called him transcendent. He's played like eight games. No, no, I'm saying, no, I'm saying, I'm not saying today, Brenna. Okay, I'm okay. saying that's where he has to get to, or the whole thing was folly. That's the pressure that's on this kid. They put that much pressure on this kid. That's what he has to be. And he's far, far, far from that. And we'll see if he gets there. I hope he does. He's a great kid. But they put they put a target on his back. They put so much pressure on him to be so great to justify what they did with Damien. And so I don't blame Damien. And, you know, I, I, if Cronin honestly believed he couldn't get a good deal to help Damien and this is the path he took, great. That's your prerogative. But if it doesn't work out, then you will have wasted a great opportunity with Damien and I have no problem with him doing what he did because he had to look out for number one because the Blazers were not. So <laughs> we can agree to disagree. <laughs> yeah. I mean, generally. Yeah, you have on our rundown. Have lost nine out of ten. Lost nine out of ten. But they but they but they want to lose. Like that, you know, they want to lose. I'm not even holding, I'm not even blaming them for the losing. Like they want to no. lose. They they built this team to lose. <clears throat> and so they're gonna lose, they're gonna get another top five pick, they're gonna draft another guy, you know, add another youngster to the so next year they'll have Scoot at 20, Shaden at 21, a new guy at 19. They'll still be working with eight. And they'll probably get back in the lottery again and draft another guy and just, you know, just keep adding pieces and hope that someone pops as a star and then they can elevate the franchise. But Okay, see Houston are rolling. Wimby and San Antonio, they're going to add talent to that. It's just going to be tough sledding for this this uh, this franchise for a long time, I think. Unless, unless Scoot over the next two years becomes a marquee, you know, point guard, a dominant All Star level point guard. I will say, I'll give them this. Uh, like, even though they've lost nine out of the ten or whatever. It definitely doesn't seem like the vibes are bad around this team, which is really interesting because normally... No, because they know. They know. They know. Yeah. They know they're not supposed to win. They want to. They try. They yeah. work every loss. I, I've been in that locker room after every home loss and some on the road. And it's never like down or like totally depressed or anything. Like they're disappointed. You know, and you know, it's a little bit, oh yeah, we lost, we lost. But you know, one night Jeremy Grant and Thibault were joking about something. They were going to go do that night or something like that. And, you know, they just lost. I can't remember who they lost to, but it might have been the Laker game. Um, but they know. They know they're overmatched. They know. These are NBA players. They, they know what NBA, yeah. NBA teams look like and the talent difference. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's – I think when you know going in you're going to get spanked, when you get spanked, it doesn't hurt quite as badly. And you're accepting the process. And this is why I asked the question I asked in Vegas when people criticized me for the question, but it was like, you signed Grant and Thibault. Is this a sign that you're not, you know, going to tank the season, that you're going to try and win? And Cronin insisted, we have a high talent level. We're, yeah, we're going to try and win. But then they did nothing else to actually try and win. And so they clearly went into the season knowing they were going to stack losses. 
And so if you know that, then you're not going to react negatively. You're going to accept it and, and just roll with it. So we'll see. We'll see how they feel, you know, late January when they're, you know, 10 and 25, 10 and 30 or whatever, um, if they're even that. But anyway. All right. So let's we'll see what happens when Dan comes. I think he's going to get massive love. I think people get it. I think people know what he meant to this franchise. And um, you think it will be less than CJ. So we shall see. Anything we else? shall see. We're nope. not going to talk Josh Giddy. <laughs> just kidding anyway all right that's enough of that so we done i think so is that yeah. it we covered everything <clears throat> okay be sure to subscribe to our subtext feature text 503-386-0095 you'll receive a link click on the link start your 14-day trial i'm aaron fentress she is brenna green we have some disagreements today we had disagreements on Jonathan Smith. We had disagreements on Dane. That was fun. I got to see you roll your eyes at any sort of kind a couple of times. That's always entertaining. Brenda, <laughs> <laughs> bring in the heat. Hold me accountable. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll be back soon after this. Oh my God. So who's your pick? Give me your pick. Oregon. Friday night, who's your pick? Oregon. Oregon for sure. What's, what score? What score? 35-24. Okay. I'm going to go. I think Penix gets it rolling. But I do think Oregon wins. I'm going to go 39-33. 39? Ducks. I like picking random numbers. Okay. Well, that, that is a random number yeah, I mean, in a college football game. Pick, or any, any football score, game. Well, you can get the 30 pretty easy and then missed extra point. You know, you know Dan's going to go for it. On, you know, go for it once. On, go for two. Just and get not get it. That'll cost okay. him a point. So forty okay. becomes thirty nine. See? Okay. Picking scores is so random. It's, yeah, so I like making random numbers sometimes. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week to break down the game and the playoff situation. Thanks for listening.